0: Thank you for listening to this podcast one production available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: It's that Leo chico pit bull, Mister Three Hundred Five, but I said Mister Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here, at Negative to Positive, is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power.
3: This is your year-in-review episode of Movie Talk, including best posters. We're also going to be talking about things like best laughs in a movie, best trailers, and so much more, all here on Movie Talk. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Collider Movie Talk. The year is over, and that means we need to look back on 2019 and figure out what was some of the best of the best out there. What we're doing on today's show is we're breaking it down category by category. You saw a couple teases up top. This isn't our best movies of the year. We're specifying certain things in movies and marketing campaigns. You name it, I'm going to give you my choices, and so are John Roca and Hello. Jeff Snyder. What's up? What's
0: going on? How you guys Merry Christmas.
3: Happy, Happy Hanukkah. Holidays. Holidays. Happy Hanukkah to you too. <laughs> All right guys, you want to get into it cuz we have a very very sure. full show today. The first topic we're going to give you right now is best poster of 2019. You want to go around the table. Do you want to go first, Jeff?
2: Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh I got some honorable mentions. I mean, oh, I think... it's Listen, I, you know me and list The scissors image of on yeah. the Us poster. That, I mean, that's a brilliant piece of art. And I actually love the Child's Play campaigns playing on Toy Story. I thought Excellent Child's Play choice. did a fantastic job. <laughs> but in terms of the most striking image this year on a poster, uh, I went with Queen and Slim. That uh, was
3: mine. Was it really? Yeah, I didn't even look at your you list. Look at I mine. swear. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Queen and Slim, great minds think alike. That's Just funny. The, the photo of those two with the, the, the big yellow lettering yeah. of Queen that says Queen and Slim over it. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant piece of marketing and, and it's I mean, the, the film it, it's, it's gaining a little bit of traction mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't sort of taken off the way I thought it might but you know whatever. That's I also neither just here nor love there. how that's
3: not just a piece of marketing material it's something that happens and in becomes movie, important yeah. in the story of the movie and uh, I recently had the chance to talk to the director about crafting that image and if you want to check that out the interviews on the uh, Collider interview YouTube channel but I don't know just seeing the thought that goes into that and then how you were able to use that piece that you know kind of created itself through the story in a sense in your marketing campaign i feel like it'll catch your eye if you haven't seen the movie but after the fact you could right. look at it and i don't know maybe this is true dramatic but it's like i could see into their relationship and into their souls in a sense just the and it's poses a, yeah it was, it was it's kind very of very striking iconic. and
0: bold John? I think it's a great choice. And that thing has made $34 million, so I don't know. That's pretty good. That it's is pretty, pretty good. good. for a cop killer. I mean, it does, for the theme and what it tackles nowadays, most people run away from guess, political movies. I think it's done really well. I guess well it just didn't open film.
2: well, which maybe you know, gave me the idea that it wasn't doing well, but it is having staying power. Yeah, I You're think right.
0: people need to be talking about Queen, Slim, and Harriet a lot more than they're talking about it in box office uh, numbers. But hey, we're talking about posters. And look, both of them great choices. Glad you both had Queen and Slim on your list. But Joker is the right answer. Let's take a look at that thing. Look at the beautiful... That's the one. The face. And, Perry, you just mentioned something from the movie. That's actually seen in the movie in the bathroom. I love the color of the dark into the green. The joy. He's not looking at you. He is lost in his own world. And that is a preview of what we're going to see in the movie. I love the font of Joker on there as well. A powerful, strong block letters which mirror what you saw in the trailer. All of it about it just made you feel like it's not going to be... A comic book or superhero movie. This is an art house film about a comic book character, and I loved it.
3: That specific one is a great poster, yeah. but really, if you look at any of the posters that they released for that movie, sure. they're all incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: I won't argue with your with your selection either. Um, I just didn't want to give Joker all the awards today.
0: Yeah, I didn't have any <laughs> honorable mentions. I followed the rules. <laughs> Jeff Snyder. Well, I, I, I am a rule breaker, so that
3: you are. I wouldn't expect any less. All right, let's move on to best trailer. I'll jump in on that first because I. I've got, like, a little bit of a cheeky answer. My best trailer of 2019 is Cats.
2: Oh, I had
3: to. I had to do it, really. What? When you think back on trailers of 2019 and you think about the conversation that that one started, dead smack in the middle sure. of San Diego Comic-Con, I mean, really... Whether or not the movie was any good, isn't that the point of a trailer? To spread the word and to get people talking? And that is exactly what that thing accomplished, for better or for worse. I will never forget talking about that at Comic-Con this year. It's
2: it's like 9-11 in a sense. Like, where were you on 9-11? Where were you when the Cats trailer hit?
3: That is quite the stretch of a connection. I understand what you're doing. (laughs) All right. Roka, you want to take
0: it next? <laughs> it certainly was a attack on my eyes, that's for damn sure when I saw that movie. So oh it's not, Sonic could be in consideration as well if you want to talk about the trailer that mm-hmm. it left people with a positive and negative impression. My choice is Avengers Endgame. I absolutely thought this trailer got you back into the world of what you'd left after Infinity War. The sadness of RDJ as Tony Stark hitting that thing and having the message come up and speaking to to Pepper Potts and just the emotion and the feeling within it and also the, what they were going to do. There, this feeling of, um, an epic nature, an epic journey, an epic mission and what it was going to lead to and that sense of almost melancholy or feeling that something negative was going to happen some tragedy was going to happen in this pursuit you got that through all of it like how kind of suddenly happening under the trailer so i love that and of course you're going to get the heroic action and thanos is back
3: jeff you seem so moved by that speech mm.
1: <laughs> just, you know like, what i have to change my expression. pick to avengers
2: <laughs> endgame you should uh... um, you you had it right when you said best poster uh, Joker for best trailer (laughs) yeah I I mean just see the Joker trailer it was like oh my god I need to watch this immediately again and then again when I get home and then anytime I run into anyone I'm like hey have you seen the Joker trailer yet Mm -hmm. it was uh, a work of art on its own in two and a half minutes Uh, you finally hear him you know talk and, and just like you see his movements mm. and the dancing and the operatic music I thought yeah. was a big part of it uh, and then you see just at that very end the Joker with that with that iconic font like you said um, I think it, it, it promised that we're all, that something special it uh, Was in store for us, and and you know, sure enough, it went on to gross a billion dollars. So. The
3: trailers for Joker were great, but when mm-hmm. I think about uh, Joker's video promotional campaign, the thing that immediately comes to mind, and probably always will, is that first makeup test where it yes. had that kind of the the effect on it that it revealed the look that he yeah. had for the very first time. I remember when that dropped, and I'm like, oh, like I see what you're going for, and it wasn't even part of the story in any respect but just looking at that imagery mm. kind of gave me chills and creeped me out
0: <laughs> yeah it's a great show i mean i remember watching it in the big show on imax for the first time in the trailer i was like just the trailer itself is already a piece of work like a piece of art and so the fact that the movie met the expectations of the trailer pretty incredible
3: all right next up on our list Best fight scene. Who wants to go first? I'll take it.
2: I'll go right now, John. Let's
3: go. Let's do it. <laughs> Please do. Oh, Adam's going to get mad. You're ruining his frame. Yeah. Ah. What's happening right now?
0: It'll be two two sounds, me hitting you, <laughs> you hitting the floor. All right, my best fight scene is John Wick 3. Uh, uh, when he takes on the two dudes from the raid, that fight scene was meta as well as incredible in, in the film itself. Because Keanu certainly showing his age in this fight scene, getting the getting the crap kicked out of him for the first few parts of that fight scene, then eventually finding his way back, and the show of respect at the end between the three men was fantastic and let you know that it wasn't the last time these two guys and Wick were going to go at it uh, in a fight scene. Certainly I imagine John Wick 4 will have them coming back, maybe on the same team, uh, which would be fantastic see all three of them fighting somebody else. That'd be fantastic. This is a
3: good one. When I think about John Wick 3, though, I'd have a hard time choosing just one. That's up there, but the one with the dogs is, too. I mean, that was just an incredibly well-orchestrated fight scene
0: mm-hmm. but that one had weapons right so i, I wanted yeah, to yeah. pick one oh. that was like oh you, like, you, you know, set your hand own hand. rules for yeah, fight scene all right you. all right yeah.
3: i hear you what do you got for this one jeff runner-up ford v ferrari
2: matt damon and christian bale okay. rolling around hitting each other with wonder bread <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's not a john wick level uh, fight scene but it's pretty fun in its own right um and then the the winner for best fight scene does not contain a single punch. Or maybe there is a punch, but it's against a wall. Marriage story. <laughs> Marriage story. Adam oh, Driver and Scarlett clever. Johansson. Good choice, man. What a fight that is. I mean, it, yeah. you just feel so uncomfortable. It's like if you were to see this in real life between a married couple, you'd like back slowly out of the room like, uh, Slowly. Or, yeah, you'd, you'd run. You'd run like the building was on fire. Yes. So, uh, yeah, those two had to win best fight scene for me.
3: I definitely wasn't looking at a fight scene that way, but I feel like you bent the rules in just the right way I interpreted
2: there. the question a little differently
3: I think I have the most obvious Miss answer Cats. here but it's <laughs> totally fine because I think this is the answer it's uh, the Avengers endgame battle the mm. the portal scene leaving leading into I mean th- this is incredible. This, that, that shot, it immediately distracts me when I see it because it's so freaking stunning. Yeah. And it's also the the Alan Silvestri score. Portals is one of my favorite tracks of the entire year where it's just that kind of uh, the chill-inducing build of seeing the portals open one by one and then just the epic nature of hearing that blend into that familiar Avengers theme before they charge into battle. And then when you even get further into the scene and see all the little pieces for it, each individual character it's like everyone gets the time to shine it really is the culmination of all of these films that we wanted to see and I mean not only did it not disappoint but it exceeded my expectations I really do think that that movie overall is one of the greatest feats of 2019
0: absolutely you can't deny that and I think it's a great point you bring up with so many uh, things so many panels that you see come to life so many comic book panels come to life starting with Captain America in that moment by himself on that ledge against the entire scope of Thanos army is an incredible moment you never thought you'd see on screen and then what it all leads to certainly that portal scene and the inspiration of that on your left on your left breaks you every single time
3: jeff i'm genuinely curious because you're not the biggest marvel fan of the bunch did that scene kind of have that effect on you to any degree no it was was a little maybe it still could have (laughs) worked
2: i mean there are moments in the fight that i thought were were really cool or whatever but yeah what, what
3: moments in particular yeah anything what come moments to mind? jeff oh god i genuinely want to know uh, what notes do you want me to cut anything having to do with ant man right exactly we're gonna switch gears right now we're gonna go into the best laugh who who wants to do their their funny scene first <laughs>
0: Come on, honorable mentions. You should just smirk
3: up. on your face. You got to uh, do it now.
2: I, I mean, when, like we're talking about a scene, a joke—is that is that anything it? you because want? I yeah,
3: something that made you laugh the, out loud in a way you won't forget. This the,
2: the best laughs I couldn't really choose, but I didn't. I honestly didn't choose. There is no honorable mention. It's either Longshot or Good Boys. Both of them were hilarious in their own right. Good boys captured, uh, what it felt like to be 12 or 13 and have all these questions about sex and, and know absolutely nothing about it. We didn't even, you know, I guess the internet w- was in its infancy, uh, back when I was growing up. Um, <laughs> Actually, if only I had John Roke in my life, I could have asked him like a big brother. Yep. yep. Uh, try doing it over dial
0: up. And, and then, we go, yeah.
2: And then Long Shot is just, you know, one of the great romantic comedies of the decade. I, I don't think that this movie got a, a fair it shot, not- if you will, at the box office. It kind of is just forgotten, but everyone who's seen it or caught up with it on home video I think has really liked it. I, lo- I think Charlize Theron is fantastic mm-hmm. in this uh, and we're going to be talking about it a little bit later too. So
3: I could not agree more. Mm. So when I think about the best laughs, most of my I mean if Cats doesn't count and I didn't want to give yeah. Cats for two answers. <laughs> one of my favorite movies of the year was Booksmart and I can go with just about any scene in this movie, whether it's the Uber scene, which might be one of my personal oh, favorites, yeah. the, the panda bit at the beginning. It's just one moment after the other to like every moment where Billy Lord pops up like everything in that is absolutely hilarious that part where she's on the top of the ship and she just jumps off of it I'm like what the fuck is happening right now I really, I adore that movie. Yeah,
0: the, uh, what is it, the stop motion scene is incredible. Even the first time they see each other with the dancing stuff, that was brilliantly The fun. coolest
3: thing about the stop motion scene and another one, this isn't a laugh, but another mm. one that I find really striking and atmospheric is the scene underwater in the pool. And oh, yeah. those are moments that Olivia Wilde told me that she had to fight to keep in the movie. She was encouraged to take, you know, more bold, daring things like that out. But she insisted that they were there. And I think they really had a mm. major effect. Yeah,
0: overall, I like the pool scene a lot in, in, in Booksmart. Pool True. scene's
3: great. All right, did we all? You, no, did you uh, best do laugh
0: would be the Good Boys scene. The scene in the frat house. That scene is incredible for all three of them, freaking out about what they're experiencing. Way too young to be mm. in that frat house, dealing with what they're dealing with. And we get—I think—we get the first example of uh, that actor laugh screaming, scream laughing when he, in that situation. His high-pitched scream uh, when uh, everything starts to happen and the fight that ensues. All of that is incredibly funny. It's my favorite scene in the movie in terms of humor. And I thought it was one of my best laughs of the year for sure.
3: All right. We're switching gears yet again and going into best scare. Roka, mm. I nominate you to go first on that one.
0: <laughs> oh, well, Jeff mentioned us earlier the poster category. I have to go us this. When that family shows up at the top of the driveway and the reaction to everybody else and then they start to move towards the house absolutely lost my s-word i was just a craziness how it was going what was going on in my head and what the idea of facing this alternate version of yourself what kind of madness and terror would envelop you in that moment because who else knows you better and can fight you better than an opposite version of yourself so where do you how do you possibly win that fight so all around i just thought that entire scene scared the living hell out of me
3: there's something about even just the specific frames of when they first Hmm. move at the end of the driveway that looks so unnatural and eerie i wanted to Include us on my list. I mean, it is on my list eventually. But for uh, for the fight scene, I almost included oh, yeah. it for the for the Elizabeth Moss yes. Tim Heidecker scene. That that is mm. one of my favorite set pieces of the year.
0: Yeah, you're so helpless. helpless watching
3: yeah. what happens to her. Yeah. All right, what you got for scare, Jeff?
2: Uh, you guys ever see Roca without his makeup and his gel on? <laughs> I was terrified that morning. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, but I did interpret this question differently. I chose a comedy. And it, and you said it actually in the last question. Every what? time Billy Lord pops up in oh, Booksmart, God. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus
3: Christ! Seriously,
2: I man? swear to God, every every single time she comes out out of nowhere, uh, I, I was taken aback in my chair. So, <laughs> so so that that is the best scare for me. Billy Lord uh, stealing scenes right. in Booksmart.
3: All right, bending the rules again, but I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't do mine. My best scare is uh, I had to go the gory route. Uh, I guess brief spoiler. For, I mean spoilers for like everything at this point *Brightburn* the truck mm. scene that is one of the most brutal sequences i've seen all year with i mean exceptional uh makeup and uh gore effects like i've never seen before it is just it's such a vicious movie period but yeah. that scene in particular like, you start to hurt for him yeah. and i thought that was so well executed i've
2: wanted to rewatch that movie because i i did like it but stephanie doesn't like elizabeth banks she's anti-banks and i'm like banks is ah. good
3: in it too yeah I'll- i thought so too, and I feel like it's in. uh It's very different from a lot of the other performances we've seen from her recently. I think she just works with with hard very gonna, well. I'm gonna
2: work on Steffi. She'll come around. It's mm. a
3: great. I think it's a great second
2: watch. Did you the see first
0: it? time. Oh yeah. I Ooh. Did. Did you like yeah. I, I thought she was good in it. Okay. It's one of those rare forays out of comedy where I think she's actually good in it. So I was uh, surprised by by mm-hmm. it and her performance and like. So cool, yeah. So Stephanie, should, I mean, I understand what Elizabeth thinks it's just like, hatred. I, I respect that, that, but like this, hatred. The, oh, well, whatever yeah, she has. But I, uh, but I think this is a film you should actually that, work her on. That
2: about. movie has just been a little bit forgotten, for, <coughs> considering it's a, a big Memorial bit. Day release. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I respected it.
3: It was a big Memorial Day release, I believe, but it wasn't treated like no. you know, like an epic superhero blockbuster. Mm. I'm in it, to see
2: what that guy David Yarovesky does next. Oh so. yeah, I
3: know <laughs> he came in for Witching Hour, and he, I could listen to him talk about *Brightburn* all day long. It's also, just you know, it's super R-rated, so it wasn't going to do as well as sure. other superhero movies. But it, it's you know, it's a mean, mean movie, yeah. and I walked out really liking it, but not feeling that great yeah. because of how nasty it is. But you know, mm-hmm. it's well worth a, a rewatch because it is thoroughly entertaining, and it also lets you appreciate all the crafts in the movie too, mm-hmm. which. Are way better than I ever anticipated. All right, next up is best score. I will pass it back to you, Jeff, for this one.
0: <laughs> Joker, <laughs> sorry, it's All Joker.
3: Right.
2: It's Hilder's uh, score. Um, I thought she just did an incredible job evoking the character and the pain that that he has felt and and suffered, and you know what he's going to inflict. Uh, she just catches the inner turmoil. Um, sonically, somehow, and, and it really is a beautiful score that she created. I tried created.
3: so hard to learn how to say her last name from Erlinger, and it was just absolutely yeah, I'm just hopeless. Hilder. Hopeless. <laughs> so I, I told him, I'm not even going to try. I'll just use her first name and call it quits. But that is a, an excellent choice there. One of my mm. favorite things about Joker overall is the atmosphere, and I feel like her work in it supports that so, so much. And, you know, there's certain things. One of my favorite things about scores in general in movies is when you hear pieces of them outside of the film, and in a hot second, it trans you transport you right back mm. to that moment and I think that's probably true of I think the main theme in the the, the bathroom the bathroom yeah. moment whenever I hear that I'm immediately back there
0: yeah um, I agree with Jeff that's my choice as well I think it's good huh. Good and a daughter. Um, when you follow daughter, yes. when you follow CrossFit, a lot of them are Icelandic and Swedish, and they they compete. And daughter is a common last yes. name for a lot of Icelandic people who compete. So there you go. I follow a couple of them on Instagram. Uh, so you learn how to say the name because it's such unusual for <laughs> a name to I, have.
3: I semi believe you, but I'm gonna make Erlinger repeat it the I'll next you, time I'll he's I'll
0: here. Show you. <laughs> I hooked up with an Icelandic once. Her last name ended in daughter yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. okay. it's okay. certainly possible. Uh, he he put
3: like a different like spin on it well, you know like where like not rolling your tongue but when right. you do something along those lines he's
0: got that accent that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> but no this is absolutely everything you said everything both of you said and it's just i remember putting it on the putting it on in the office when i because sometimes i put my headphones on when i'm writing and i had to take it off after about 20 minutes because i was getting angry the 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 score mm-hmm. moves you in that direction and not in a negative way it evokes that film all over again for you and the the inner struggles that he is going through and the Fear, terror, horror, tension, everything that's going on inside uh, uh, Joe Arthur Fleck when you're watching the movie, the score captures perfectly. I've said this a million times. That score is another character in the movie, and the movie is nowhere near as powerful or moving if it doesn't have that score on it. I think that score absolutely elevates the film as well as the, uh, the direction by Todd Phillips and the performance by Joaquin. That score elevates it into awards territory
3: good call for both of you. I went with something different. Joker mm. is, I ranked my top five, is my number three of the year. My number one, though, is the score for Us from Michael So I think it's mm. just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's no something lie. I will never, ever get out of my head. If you guys know how often I used to run for my marathon training to the Us score, it's ridiculous. Oh, wow. and, I mean, but it's, part, it's partly because what I was explaining before, whenever I'm running, I like to be distracted and when I can cue up a score and immediately be able to picture what I like so much about that movie, a scene that I really enjoyed, Mm. I'll lose myself in the run very quickly. And that's definitely what happened here. But I mean, there are so many iconic sounds. Uh, Pod to do is the one that that really Mm. got me. And I just love the build in that one. Even when you uh, when you look at their use of uh, I got five on it. Like now I will always associate that song with this movie. (laughs) So that score definitely made a huge impression on me. What's your
2: number two? Um,
3: My number two was Avengers Endgame.
2: Oh, that's a great I really, too. I
3: really do think Alan Silvestri made the most of creating new material that well that well supported the scenes it was paired with, but also when you listen throughout and you hear, either when he he directly uses uh, themes that were used before, or like mimics a style of a certain movie. I really do think the score is part of the reason why it feels like a culmination of mm. all the movies that came before it. So that right. was my number two.
0: Well, here. Here's Sarah Sigmund's daughter. That's one of the CrossFit people I follow. There you go. Just the verification that she, that's how you say it, I think. <laughs> so right. I you, do. you CrossFit or are you just following the instructors? I, I used, used to. I, used, I did CrossFit <laughs> for three years back in the t- 2010s. Please, the door's still
3: open. I've invited I you should. time and time again. You've been avoiding me for Not, two years now. You're going
0: to play now. basketball with me. In this condition,
3: I'll play, I'd be I'll play basketball now that I'm not running yeah. anymore. Do you okay. have any shoes? I need to buy them. Yes, but, you but do, I, I promise you when we're back in the new year, I will go buy new shoes Good. and come back to the basketball courts. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: yeah. with Roka, it's got to be the shoes. <laughs> yeah. told,
1: there,
3: there's, a a, there's a story. Yeah. I'll tell you the story later. <laughs> All right. Before we continue on with our list right now, we've got some really cool stuff coming your way on the Collider Video YouTube channel that you should know about, a little show that Roka hosts called Mailbag. Here's a promo.
0: Oh no! <laughs> I'll do the promo right now. Adam in the hey, booth. everyone! Collider back this weekend. Come on, Saturday and Sunday we do it. We drop the seven a.m. PT. I've got Christian Rufa-Cobb as my guest on Saturday. Winston Marshall coming back to the show on Sunday. Answer all of your questions from the Collider fans about the world of uh, movies and entertainment. Is that this coming weekend? That's this coming weekend. But wait, on, Saturday this airs on, on Monday. Oh, this no! Airs it on doesn't. Monday. What? You
2: know, what's happening?
3: Well, Monday? All this guy. Let's pretend none of this ever happens and just move on so with confused. our day. All right. Now what do we do? No, I, I do have another plug I have to tell you guys about. The, uh, the top 10 fan-ranked Star Wars movies. Um, so we did a bunch of videos based on your rankings of the Star Wars movies so you can watch them as they appear on the channel. And on top of that, we have a whole bunch of personal top fives. I know all three of us participated. And I believe those start running tomorrow, so keep an eye out for them as well. All right. Back Roka made my list. top five
2: this this Did year, by really? the
0: way. He's yeah. on my
3: top five too. What? There you go. That
0: uh, can't be right.
3: Thank you so much. Are you so blushing? <laughs>
0: <That's> very sweet of <laughs> right. both of you.
3: They'll uh, no,
0: tell me the truth afterwards. Yeah. Go best ahead. What?
3: performance. Oh,
0: come on. Roca. I mean, is there no other answer? There's no other answer for me but Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. There's no other answer. There just really isn't. And no offense to any of the actors, and certainly no offense to any of the incredible acting uh, actress performances we had this year. This one is just next level. And when you see something and you know it, as, mo- as long as all of us have been watching films, you just know it when you see it. And you wait for something to come close to it. And in my opinion, nothing really did all year. Joaquin Phoenix is a master actor. What he was able to do, what he's, what he's grown into over the last few years is just incredible. And it's fun to watch a person embrace their talent and really sink themselves into roles and disappear from You Were Never Really Here to Joker. There is a through line for me, uh, certainly from The Master to the You were Never Really Here and Joker. There's a through line for me in performances. And this is incredible and deserves every single award he, he's going to get.
3: Did you choose the same, Jeff?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think John pretty much said it all like th- this guy left it all out there on the table it's why mm. i don't want to see a sequel uh I-, I don't know if joaquin would want to play this character again get back into that headspace and, and-, and deal with the physicality all over again um this is a, a- an iconic performance uh i don't know do you put it over heath ledger john
0: Oh, man, that's a very it's difficult tough. question. I, because it's two separate movies. Right. So I can't compare the performance. And one's a lead and one's a,
2: one's a supporting Yeah, mm-hmm. really? and I'll put
0: them both over Nicholson. That's for damn sure. But yeah. I, I think, for me, it's a very tough conversation to have. But, but both, both brought the terror and the fear that Joker's supposed to instill... With their performances,
2: uh, I I just I think you're right. I was talking to my uh, a friend of mine, Matt Zillerman, and we you know he asked me like, what's what's the best performance you've seen all year, and we both just you know looked at each other and said Walking. Yeah, like you're right. There's just
3: no other choice. I definitely think he's one of the best of the year. But in an effort to uh, add another name to the conversation, I went Matthias Schoenaerts for uh, the Mustang, mm. which I think is a completely underrated, underseen movie. I mean, if anybody out there has not seen it, and I'm sure there are many of you, please go seek the movie out it's a really really impressive I can't stress that enough feature directorial debut and his performance in it is I mean it's just it's so raw and powerful and nuanced Mm. I mean the way he takes that character through from beginning to end it just it really really gets me and especially when it comes to how he kind of like, draws you in and puts and puts you in his character's head because the complexity of his situation, he's an inmate at a prison, he was just in a solitary confinement and he's hesitant about going back into the general population, but what helps him with that is being part of a Mustang training program, which is a real thing that mm-hmm. exists. And, you know, just the complexity of why he doesn't necessarily want to be out and about is just such a rich, interesting scenario and I think he really brings the most out of it.
2: I, I don't think it's the the, uh, the performance of the year, but I think that this guy is one of the best actors working today. I wrote about CAA signing him nearly eight years ago, um, <laughs> I, like from Bullhead to Rust and Bone to like even Red Sparrow, which I, I loved. Like. This guy he's just an incredible performer and and, he's, and he's, he can play big, he's like intimidating like mm-hmm. he's, he's one of the last actors, maybe along with Tom Hardy that I'd want to see in a dark alley late at night mm-hmm. and I can't wait for him to sell out. Because when he does, and he takes on one of these big Marvel or DC movies, I think he is going to absolutely crush
3: it. I'm almost, unless that's what he wants, I'm almost rooting for him to go the other route and find something that has a legit shot at being an Oscar contender. Because I think an Oscar is very realistically mm. in his future. He's so good in that. Yeah. All right, so you both went Joker, and I went mm-hmm. Mustang. Now we have a uh, Best Ensemble. Anybody? I'll Anybody? go first. <laughs>
2: okay. Um so before I give you my choice, I, I wanna give up uh, two mentions. Oh boy, and, and, they're to, and they're to and they a comedy possibilities. Comedies I don't, get totally
3: overlooked. Don't pick mine. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you know you know you know what mine is.
2: I I, I I don't know if I do, but I'm um, sorry okay. I, I didn't read the emails either. I thought Late Night and Long Shot okay. both oh, okay. had incredible, uh, incredible <laughs> ensembles. Like Late Night, all, the whole writer's room. John yeah. Early, Paul Walter Hauser, Max Casella. I love Dennis O'Hare, uh, Emma Thompson, Mindy Kaling, John Lithgow. Like everyone just crushes it. Ike Barinholtz, Amy Ryan... Loved what they did. Loved Long Shot as well. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., mm-hmm. uh, her her aide, um, yeah, June Diane Raphael. She's, she's fantastic. But the, for me, the best the best ensemble was The Farewell. I, I just thought everyone in that movie was uh, on absolute fire, whether it was Aquafina or Xu Zhen Zhao or, or Tsai Ma. Um, and is it, who is it? Is it Diana Lin? I forget the other one um, who plays the mother. But uh, it just. To create a family and have... There's no weak links in the cast. Even, like, the goofy cousin. Mm -hmm. I thought he was great. I loved everything that Lulu Wang and everyone who who she found uh, in this movie. And, yeah, it was Diana Lin.
3: That is... uh, That's a... Definite good call there. Mm. Um, Just because now mine probably seems obvious to everybody watching the show. Mine's mine's book smart. I really do think that uh, Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver are something special in this movie. And they deserve all the credit they're getting right now. But when you look at that ensemble overall, one of my favorite qualities in a high school coming of age comedy Mm. like this is when you could look at anybody and you, I don't know, whether it's you could see a little of yourself in them or it's just, you know, the place in the school system that you would most want to fit in there's just someone that you can kind of gravitate to for a different reason and they're all so memorable there's so many of them and i could tell you something about every single one of them so i thought that uh, olivia wilde and the casting director just did an a plus job putting that group together skylar
2: Giordano is great so good diana silvers was our up and comer mm-hmm. of the month obviously molly gordon who plays triple a yeah. she's great Noah galvin who plays george yep. that's sort of a uh, very yep. flamboyant one Billy Lord, Eduardo Franco. Uh, you're right. This is a really good mm-hmm. ensemble mm-hmm. for a young teen comedy.
0: And also the adults. Yeah. sliding yeah. and doing a yeah. great adults job. Siddiquis is always great. And so it's fun to see him in something like this. I, I, You know, I cop out with the easy answer here. It's Avengers Endgame for me. It's like mm-hmm. this ensemble is just untouchable in terms of acting ability, awards consideration, uh, ability to bring real depth to the characters that are superhero characters, right? You can cop out real you know, surface performances, but the MCU demands more. And they all step up to the plate in different ways throughout this series, whether it's Scarlett Johansson's scene where she's sacrificing herself with Jeremy Renner or it's Doctor Strange in that moment with uh, with, Tony, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. or Robert Downey Jr. at the end. That moment is so brilliantly acted by everyone involved in that it's fantastic. And of course, throw in Chris Evans and his Captain America and his journey, his moment that he has under the old age makeup when, with, with Anthony Mackie, with Sebastian Stan. Great stuff all around. And of course, Mark Ruffalo getting a chance to spread his wings with the Hulk and do something new with the Hulk. Another fantastically Uh, Another fantastic, great character actor who who has killed it in independent films for years. So all of these actors just bring so much complexity and life and depth to their characters that this is not just a comic book superhero movie. It's so much more than that because of their ensemble.
3: You said Chris Evans, so now I have to break my own rule and do Mm. one honorable mention for Knives Out. Yeah, of course. Knives Out is another one that is just so perfectly cast to the point that every single person gets their time to shine. Every single Mm. person has something of value to add to the story and they're all just a blast to watch (laughs) all right last one jeff i'm gonna give it to you first on best hidden gem of the year actually before we even jump into it just to preface again the reason we're doing best hidden gem and not best movie of the year on this show is because we all did our own individual top five so you're gonna have to wait and see that until they each drop day by day but right now best hidden gem of 2019 all right
2: well i had an answer and an honorable mention i'm flipping them Ooh. So the honorable mention is going to be Arctic. Get ready, Adam. Huh. Which is the Mads Mickelson movie, a uh, survival mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I thought it was incredible. I love yeah? these, ki- these kinds of movies. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen
0: it. I, I, I was worried because Polar wasn't that good. So Arctic is good. Polar? That is
2: like a crappy Netflix action well, movie. Well,
0: he's in both of them, so I was and just it, concerned.
2: And
3: I think they, didn't they both come out right, yeah, right around the,
2: the same time? Almost the same weekend. How ironic. I, I don't, um, this showed me a totally different uh, side of Mads Megelson. He, he was incredible in this movie. Okay. It is really like a one-man tour de force, even though he is lugging someone else around. But the movie that has gone completely overlooked. Nobody's talking about it. <laughs> No, she, she's not mentioned uh-uh. on any of the best... Here we go. F- the, the, the female directors who are overlooked this year, and I'll tell you why. It's because she sold her movie to HBO.
3: <gasps> I know exactly where you're going with this, and yes.
2: Pippa Bianco's Cher, uh, starring Rianne <laughs> Barreto, is an incredible fucking movie. Sorry. Is an incredible movie. And, like, it just has gone completely under the radar because it was. it's an HBO movie. It didn't get a theatrical release. This was an A24 movie, and it should have had an A24 level discussion around it, an amazing, very powerful movie with an incredible performance at its center. Please go. If you are an HBO subscriber, when you're done watching Watchmen and the outsider, make 90 minutes for share. Okay.
3: I'll put on I my list. think that might be my favorite answer of yours, this entire show, because <laughs> I can't emphasize everything you just said enough. That movie, I saw it at Sundance and oh, my God, it, I mean, it just like, it kind of knocked me on my ass, that kind of feeling. And mm-hmm. the two of them are so good. I don't know if I ever told you this from the interview, but another thing after I saw it that made me appreciate their work even more is the story of how it actually came to be where mm-hmm. they ran into, I believe, passport or visa trouble for Rianne because mm-hmm. of where her father's from. They, om- they weren't oh, going to yeah. let her into the U.S. So rather than recast the lead role, they moved the entire production to Canada. And I think, you know, that kind of dedication to a lead that you cast is super important because when you see the final product, yeah, it's a good thing they did that. And I think they both have extremely bright futures ahead of them. Yep. Yeah.
0: Roka. Good choices. What you um, got? This one is also going to end up in my top five, ironically enough, and that's The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Not a lot of people saw this film, kind of came and went, unfortunately, but I try to trumpet it as loud as possible mm-hmm. from my own little podium in the world to try to get people to come and see this thing. Such incredible work from first-time director Joe Talbot. It is a poetry—it was a poem of a film. It's an absolute poem, and it's, uh, it, it just explores the lies we tell ourselves, not just as people, but as a city. And and what we try to hide, what we try not to show, because we want to move into a certain uh, section of our lives. And then when the truth comes face to face with us, what we do with it, you know. And also, it's anchored by some incredible performance from Jimmy Fails and Jonathan Majors. As this friendship grows and almost fractures in half as the movie goes along because of the, del- the delusions that you tell yourself to exist in life. Both those, I mean, it's just incredible. And I wish... I wish more people would give this mm-hmm. thing some love. You know, every all of us know this. Every year there are films that come out and doesn't it doesn't get the attention, doesn't grab the uh, eyes of enough people to get awards consideration, but we all go, these are untouchably great films, and this is certainly one of them.
3: I do have to watch that. Mm. That screener's been sitting at the top of my pile for a little too long, so you might have just motivated me I'll to, be curious. to, to, to finally prioritize yeah. it. Uh, my best hidden gem, Jeff, I think this is something you'd actually like. Honestly, Roka, just for taste purposes, I don't know if it's up your alley, but (laughs) it's a horror movie called Headcount that's available on Netflix. I saw it this Mm. year at uh, the Overlook Film Festival. And, you know, some of you guys know how much I love the show Channel Zero, but also just creepy pasta stories on screen, a story Mm. that originated online and is passed around from person to person and evolves along the way. And I think that that movie takes the creepy pasta idea and runs with it very, very well, especially after we had Slenderman in 2018. I just thought that this kind of storytelling was so refreshing. Feature directorial debut again, I believe her name is Elle Callahan, and it's one of those movies where you could tell it's a low-budget movie with limited resources, and she just makes the most of all of it. I think it's such a clever story, and you know, I might have walked around New Orleans after that. Like, it's it's a name that you're not supposed to repeat. So I just kept running around and, like, whispering <laughs> to Nadano, like, histy, histy, like, over and over and over again. It's something that really gets in your head. But personally, for me, it was in a very fun way, and I was so impressed by that one. Cool. All right. That's it. Check
2: that out. I will check that out on your recommendation. I really think you'll like
3: that. Uh, That's a wrap on our best of 2019 movie talk episode. But again, we're going to have some personal top fives coming your way soon. So keep an eye out for all of that. Roca, Jeff, thank you so much for being here.
2: Happy New
3: Year, Adam in the booth. Thank you for your hard work to everybody out there watching this episode. Please do not leave it without liking and sharing it. I hope you are enjoying this holiday season. Wishing you guys all a very happy, healthy New Year.
1: All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you want that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at
3: McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.